Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see all of you here tonight. You know, tomorrow, Brother Don gave me something, and uh, he sent me an email. And, man, it was good. I want to read it to you. And, uh, you know, tomorrow's the 7th, right, Pearl Harbor Day, and uh, a day that will go down in infamy. And uh, Pearl Harbor, I didn't know this till I read this, quite an interesting story. In the early morning hours of December the 7th, 1941, more than 350 Japanese planes attacked the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor near Honolulu. The surprise attack was a critical blow to the U.S. Pacific Fleet and drew America into World War II. The vicious attack left widespread devastation. 2,400 Americans were killed. 1,200 were wounded, five battleships, three destroyers, and seven other ships were sunk or severely damaged, and more than 200 aircraft were destroyed. The first wave of attacks were coordinated and led by Captain Mitsuo Fuchido of the Imperial Japanese Navy. America quickly retaliated with numerous bombing missions against Japan in the weeks and months that followed. Of course, you know, the most famous one was the Doolittle Raid. And... Uh, and so one of these uh, missions, these bombing missions, uh, many of the Army Air Corps volunteered for these missions. They were captured by the Japanese. And um, Staff Sergeant Jacob DeSager of the U.S. Army Air Corps volunteered for one of these bombing missions and was later captured by the Japanese. And as he and his crew were forced to parachute out of their plane as it ran out of fuel, DeShazer, along with other members of the crew, were held in POW camps in Japan and China. Sergeant DeShazer spent the next 40 months in these prison camps. He grew to hate his captors and lashed out at them as often as possible. As a result of his violent behavior, he spent most of his time in solitary confinement. He was given a Bible by one of the guards. And in the loneliness of his cell, as he read that Bible, he came to realize his need of a savior and gave his life to Christ. An immediate change came over this man as he became a model prisoner who learned to love and to pray for his captors. The story of this soldier and his new life in Christ was eventually written in a little track that was circulated throughout Japan. A copy of that track fell into the hands of a Japanese war hero by the name of Mitsuo Fuchida the very same man who led the air raid against Pearl Harbor. As a result of reading that track and later reading the Bible for himself, he too gave his life to Jesus Christ. A few years later, these two most unlikely of men met each other for the first time. Both men would go on to do evangelistic and mission work in Japan as well as in America. Countless hundreds of people have been saved and Christians encouraged as a result of the testimony of these two men. Mitsuo Fujita would later write a book titled From Pearl Harbor to Golgotha, telling the story of how he came to know Jesus Christ. The story of Sergeant DeSager's changed life and love for his captors is what inspired Mitsuo to read the story of the crucifixion in Luke 23. He was overwhelmed with the thought of God's love as he read the words of Jesus in verse 34. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The love of God can and does change human hearts. And then here's a quote from uh, Mr. Mitsua. I firmly believe that Christ is the only answer and the only hope of this world. It's pretty good, isn't it? And I was unaware of that. I looked, and of course he did. He wrote a book, 
and I was not aware of that. So, Brother Don, thank you for sharing that with me, and uh, that's, that's a blessing. Amen? Um, I'm going to ask you to turn to two places tonight, and uh, I want to talk about a gift tonight. Uh, of course, the Christmas season, it's one of the most amazing times of the year, and of course, we, it's so amazing because of Christmas. Jesus gave himself, and he's also given us some gifts that's kind of emphasized during this time, and these gifts are really beyond compare. So we're going to look at two passages. I'm going to ask you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9 in the Old Testament. And then I'm going to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're only going to read a few verses in each. Of course, we know that Luke 2 is the account of the Lord Jesus Christ's birth. Uh, it's very well known. It's read many, many times during the Christmas season. But there's so many wonderful things there. Then, of course, we know in the book of Isaiah chapter 9... We know that this is a prophetic scripture on the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, we know that this is foretelling of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And uh, I want to remind you that all inspiration, all scripture is inspired of God. And God breathed and revealed to us for our admonition, for our learning. So let's look at verse 6. Here it is now, a very well-known passage. For unto, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, the very last phrase, the Prince of of peace. Then I want you to look in Luke chapter 2, and I want you to notice here in verse 14, as the angels are giving the announcement and the heavenly choir, the heavenly concert has lit up the sky, speaking and singing to these angels, I want you to notice the very words that's given here in verse 14. And verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace, goodwill toward men. Now, I want to speak tonight, and maybe even next Wednesday, on this beautiful statement, this beautiful gift that God gives us that's emphasized during the, the time of Christmas, and it's just simply this, peace. And on earth, peace. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, and on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. Thank God for peace. Now, if someone were to ask you tonight, what is peace? What would you say? If someone was to ask you, peace is something, how, how do you attain it? <laughs> but here, here's the amazing thing about peace. Everybody wants it. Everybody's striving for peace. But to be fair, the world has never had the right understanding of peace. And sadly, I say to you tonight, sadly, including your pastor at times in his life, we haven't understood peace. And what the Lord speaks of here. Now, very simply, if we were to look at this, and you know, I believe in the accuracy of the Webster 1828. If someone was to ask, well, what is peace? Well, here's what the dictionary says. In a general sense, a state of quiet or tranquility Freedom from disturbance or agitation applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. It had a lot of different descriptions, definitions for peace. 
The second line in Webster's 1828, freedom from war with a foreign nation, public quiet. Number three, freedom from eternal commotion or civil war. Number four, freedom from private quarrels, suits, or disturbance. Number five, freedom from agitation or disturbance by the passions, as from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. Quietness of mind, tranquility, calmness, a quiet of conscience. Here's another good definition. Heavenly rest, the happiness of heaven. That would be peaceful, wouldn't it? Seven, harmony or concord, uh, a state of reconciliation between parties at a variance. So someone that's had trouble between one another, they get peace, they get a reconciliation, that's called peace. Uh, eight, public tranquility, that quiet order and security which is guaranteed by the laws as to keep the peace. Uh, the last one, this word is used in commanding silence or quiet as peace to the troubled soul. Now, that's a lot of definition for one little word, isn't it? But I got good news for all of you. Jesus Christ is all of that. He's all of it. However you want to define peace, God says to us when he came, peace on earth. So I'm so very thankful. But I, I, want, to, I want to be very practical tonight. Practical. Number one, what are some circumstances that I don't think many of us have much peace when certain things happen in our lives. And all of us can relate. Number one, when life's position is uncontrollable. In other words, we lose our peace when we plan for something or we have no idea of what we really have in store, something that comes up in a circumstance that we're not ready for or we think's fair or something that's been heartbreaking. I'm going to be honest with you, that is a tough time uh, and, and we don't like a life that's out of control, but sometimes it's out of control when we get into a position that we really don't want to be there, but life has happened, and so many times our peace is taken. Can I say, not only when positions is uncontrollable, but when people are unchangeable. Now, I don't know about you, but we lose our peace when we worry about people. <laughs> I mean, I want you to think about that, people that we love. Uh, people that we love and are concerned about. And you know, the older you get, the more you understand this. I think these young people, they don't have any idea. They don't have any idea what it means to really care for someone that your soul's burdened. Why? Because look, when you, when you love somebody and, and you're dealing with people and they're not changing or they're doing things that's disappointing you or if you know they're going a route that you know they shouldn't go, it, what does it do? We don't want it to, but it takes our peace from us then when life's position is uncontrollable when people are unchangeable number three when problems are unexplainable many times in these times we lose our peace what about cancer well we wasn't expecting that I mean that takes people's peace and I don't listen to me I don't care how spiritual you are you get a phone call that says hey Come on in, you have tests, we see something alarming here. Now listen to me, we're all human. That's going to momentarily take our peace. When people are unchangeable, when problems are unexplainable. Why does it happen to us? Peace when facing those sort of circumstances. Listen, it's difficult to come by. 
I'm just being practical tonight. Number four, when pain is unbearable. Now, think about this. We lose our peace. Why? Because it hurts so much. It hurts so much. I mean, honestly, I, I remember a man came into my office years ago at Greystone. He said, you know, Pastor Mark, I want you to know when you start feeling bad for so long physically, he said it starts to affect you emotionally. By the way, it takes you peace. When pain is unbearable, it hurts too much to be at peace, really, with the world. But God says, and on earth, peace. Here's another one. When the past is unbearable. I know there's people, and by the way, we all, if we sit there and live in our closet and all the, look at all of our skeletons in our closet, all the guilt, the shame of the things we've done in the past, I'm going to tell you right now, it will rob your peace. It will take your peace. And by the way, the devil loves making you go back and visit there. He loves you to go back there and live there because what does it does? It takes your peace. You have no victory. So when the past is unforgiven, we lose our peace. Think about this. Let me just say this. And plus in that unforgiveness, not only forgiving yourself, but not forgiving others. If there's a quarrel and there's conflict and it still exists with people, you want to see the most miserable people in the world, it's people that's not forgiven somebody. It takes their peace. But God says that on earth, peace. So we understand peace seems impossible to achieve when you look at things, doesn't it? But I hope tonight, maybe next week, we'll look at it. I hope that there'll be some things said tonight that will be so very helpful. But we also understand that we're going to live in a day there are always going to be people they are going to be unchangeable. There's always going to be people in our life that's going to try to take our peace. There's always going to be sinners in our life that we care about that's going to cause trouble for us. We're going to have to face problems. That phone call is going to come. Circumstances are going to take place uh, that, that's going to happen. So I'm, now I'm talking about these problems, these positions, these people, uh, the past, all of these things. If we're not careful, we'll say, well, if I didn't have to deal with all of these things, listen to me, you'll always and I will always have to deal with these things. You understand that? People are always going to be something we're going to have to deal with. The past is something we're always going to have to deal with. Pain is something we're always going to have to deal with. Problems are something we're always going to have to deal with. So some people have this idea, well, I'll get peace when all those things are gone. That's not peace. By the way, it's not attainable because it's not going to happen. So let's let, and I'm going to be honest with you. So how do we attain peace? How do you get it? And you know what? This is the internet day. It's the internet world, isn't it? It amazes me how many people get on Google and ask really serious questions. They said, oh, well, just Google it. Well, guess what? I just Googled it. You know what I Googled? I Googled this, how to get peace of mind. I Googled it. Now, I say this because it's going to be interesting to you. To be fair, I don't need to Google it because I got the answer right here. But I'm going to share with you what millions of people do because there's millions of people around the world looking for peace. They want peace and they're Googling it and they're trying the world's ways to get it. Can I just tell you some of the things I found? The first thing that was preeminent was Medicaid. 
That was the first thing I found. I read about a man who was ordering Valium over the net, internet in order just to combat insomnia and stress. And he said, it's helping me and giving me peace of mind. So we know that there's a medication that can help people give peace of mind. Then I also read this. I read that mediation... Mediation was another way that people said that they could have peace of mind. In other words, if you can get two people that's been fighting or they're arguing and they can't get things right, what do they do? They get into a mediation, by the way. In our day, instead of people going to court, a, a husband and a wife that's trying to dissolve their marriage, they go to mediation first. By the way, that normally don't work. But it's said on the internet, one of the ways to get peace of mind is mediation. So they got medication, mediation, and then here was another one. I think this is a little funny. I'm going to be honest with you, I found the Mediterranean. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, I said, well, I read it. I said, how do you get it? And they said, here, I'll tell you how you get peace. Board the Queen of Peace, and it is an 88-foot schooner so I can be at peace and go all around the Alps and go all around the Mediterranean and I don't have to worry about anything and I guess I can be at peace till I run out of money. Another one that I found on the internet that was very prominent when it talked about how can I have peace of mind? Are y'all ready? And by the way, I'm not a, I won't say I'm against all of these. I'm sure they can give you a state of peace. But here's the problem with all these things. They don't last. Here's the last one. Walking. I came across walks for peace all over the place. Walks for the Jewish people. Walks for the Palestinian. By the way, is it helping? No, it's not helping. And I, I don't, I don't, look here, I'm not against walking. But here's the reason why all of those things don't bring peace. Because they're temporary. They don't last. Hey, I'm with you, man. I get on that Mediterranean schooner, man. Uh, what is it, queen of peace? I'll be happy at flying high. Peaceful, ain't got to worry in the world until I can't pay for it no more. Somebody help me. So it's temporary peace. By the, by the way, here, here's, here's the point. People are trying to find peace in all sorts of places. They, here's the problem. They're looking for peace that won't last. Because you know why? Here's, here it is. This is the whole point of the whole message. Because that's because people think that peace only comes in the absence of something. To be fair, you can try to think about other things and other problems, but none of these achieves lasting peace. Why? Even if you manage to get rid of the problems or the things that you're thinking on. Look, it might last for a short time, but it's only time until a new wave of problem washes over you and your life comes crashing to the ground. So we know tonight that it's not because peace only comes when we get rid of all of our problems. Because we won't. What is this peace that God is offering? I want us to recognize tonight, peace doesn't come by somehow miraculously getting rid of all of our problems. Get ready. But it is actually comes from adding things. It's by adding something to our life. Listen to me. It actually comes from the addition of something. The Bible term for peace is what? Shalom. That's a Hebrew word which comes from the root word that means this, complete, whole, or sound. And I don't know about you, 
We need peace completely. We need peace wholly. We need sound peace that affects me emotionally, mentally, and physically. That would be whole, the whole me. My body, my soul, and my spirit. See, if I only get rid of my problems in my mind, but they're really still there, I'm, I'm not being whole. I don't have a whole peace. I don't have a total peace. I've only got a mind peace. And I still have to deal with those things physically. But when God says he's brought peace unto earth, he gives us something whole. He gives us something that affects my mind, my body, and my soul. Are you all with me? And that's the kind of peace we need. We need sound. That is the gift that Jesus offers us. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, He is the Prince of Peace. He will establish eternal peace. So the, this very first Christmas, Jesus brought peace. The angels proclaimed it to the shepherds on the hills. Here's what he, they said. And on earth, peace. Hey, the peace that God offers to each and every one of us is a gift for our taking, and we can bring health and wholeness to our lives physically, emotionally, and socially. In other words, the whole part of Mark Brandon's life, the whole part, everything that your life affects, you can have peace. That's what God grants. Now, the world, again, what do they do? They seek peace by getting rid of their problems. Listen to me. But the peace Jesus brings is a peace despite your problems. Despite my problems, we're not going to get over problems. We're always going to have problems. By the way, the moment Adam and Eve sinned, guess what? They began to die. The minute you and I were born, we started dying. Physically, we're not what we used to be. Hey, listen, we understand, but not, it's not a peace without problems. Someone wrote that peace doesn't come with the absence of the storm. It comes in the presence of the storm because Jesus is walking there beside us and we've got our eyes on him. So I want to spend the rest of the night just talking to you quickly and I don't know if I'll get finished, but I want to give you some things that Jesus Christ has given us true peace. Number one, Jesus offers peace of a solution to our guilt. Remember a moment ago when I said we can't get rid of our past, that becomes one of the things that takes our peace from us. And by the way, everybody in here does it. Everybody I've ever run into, we have mental problems. You know, you say what? We don't think on the right things. God tells us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 what to think on, but we don't think on those things. So what do we do? Every once in a while we'll get a trigger and boy, we'll go back to what we used to be. Can somebody say amen? And you know what? That it discourages you. Boy, you look at that and you start saying, man, I don't deserve to be saved. By the way, you don't deserve to be saved. Neither do I. I don't deserve to be forgiven, but I praise God I have a God that promises me that he does. So he's given me peace over my guilt. Romans chapter 5, 1. Why? Therefore, where I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. But God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. The greatest thing that Jesus' peace brings is a solution to my guilt. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Jesus came down to this earth as a baby to grow into a man and he died for us. Why? Because in God's eyes, every one of us is a sinner and we're guilty of sin and we've all committed sin and God had to do something to wash our sin away and to take away our guilt and our shame. And I'm so very thankful 
We're all guilty of doing something wrong. And because of that, that's why God is unable to accept us into heaven. But that, praise God, is why He came. Do you know that He's first mention of the Gospels in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15? Right after the fall of man, God says to the serpent that there's going to be one that's going to come, he's going to bruise your head, but he's going to bruise his heel. He was speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ going to Calvary. Why? To cover the sins that Adam and Eve just committed. All of their guilt can be gone. All of our guilt can be gone. God's given us a solution to that. Listen to me. The next time the devil points you back at your past sins, why don't you point him to his future? Why don't you remind him of the promises of God? The Bible says that therefore we are now not in condemnation. Why? Because we've trusted Jesus. We've been justified. Uh, the Bible tells us in 1 John, if we will confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't have to walk around thinking that, oh, my, yes, yes, we're not deserving of heaven. Yes, God loves us, but also when you get saved, he should take, you should get rid of your guilt because Jesus paid for it. So we ought to let understand that God has given us a solution to the peace when it comes. Yes, I deserve punishment. Yes, you deserve punishment. Yes, you deserve to die and go to hell. Yes, I deserve to go and die to hell. Yes, there was a time that I was in enmity with God. Yes, there was a time in my life that he was not in the forefront of my mind. But all of that changed when his precious gospel came to these ears and he touched my heart and I realized that I needed to be saved and I humbled myself and I asked him to save me. And praise God, he did just that. He saved me from my sins and he said he'll cast my sin as far as the east is from the west and he never brings it up. Now here's the problem, we do. Others do. And by the way, we have the hardest times forgiving ourselves. But we need, to pro we need to trust God's promise. We can be healed from our guilty conscience. We can be free from the condemnation. We can be at peace. So Jesus' gift of peace firstly brings a solution to our guilt. Number two, Jesus offers peace of a son and a daughter relationship. Here's what's beautiful. Because he saved me, because my sins can be forgiven and he paid for my sin, when I trust him as my personal savior, he becomes my father. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me peace. You know what? Here's what I love. Do you know that my mother and father live at 1101 Browns Ferry Road? Now, if they didn't keep the door locked, I could just walk right on in. Somebody say amen. You say, why? Because that's my mom and dad's house. And normally, I would just walk right on in, but let me just help y'all. They keep that thing locked up like Fort Knox. I mean, even if you walk, even if they go outside for five minutes, that door's locked. It's what's funny when my dad even comes over to my house. He locks my doors. It's a good habit to be in. But I say the reason that I have access into 1101 Brownsbury Road, and by the way, even if I can't get in the house, I... No other ways to get in the house. You say, well, how do you know? Because I'm their son. When you are a child of somebody, you have access, you have special privileges, and it gives you peace. By the way, I have never felt unwelcome in my father's house. 
It takes away peace. I've never worried about, well, I wonder if I go to my mom and dad's. I've never had to worry about it. And so God has taken away, he's given us a, a place of peace because he's made us a child of his. There's no greater peace than to know that I've just come from an enemy to a child to the heavenly father. I don't know about y'all. I don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. I don't know who you have to deal with. But we need to remind ourselves before our peace gets stolen tomorrow when we might have to deal with a difficult situation, we need to remember whose child we are. He's my father. That gives me peace. I have access to him. I've never had to say, Dad, is it okay? No, I do. I don't just barge in on them many times. But I would have no problem. I guess I have done that before. Just walk in there on them. They've never said, Mark, you need to call first. Mark, you're not welcome here. And by the way, if my human father is not going to treat me like that, listen to me, I can promise you your heavenly father won't either. That brings great peace to me. Our forgiveness by God doesn't just become merely make us acquaintances with him. Oh, that's why I don't like people say, oh, he's just the man upstairs. No, he's my personal savior. The Bible says he's my Abba Father. That takes away away a lot of turbulence in my life to know that I have a relationship with God Almighty, Creator God. Look, and with that comes many benefits. We share all the benefits. You know what else the Bible tells us about that? We are heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means someone that's a joint heir, they get everything. Now, I have a sister. My sister and I, we are joint heirs to Pat and Dolores Brandon. We're the only two they got. We're equal. We're equal. There's nothing that I fear that Kim's going to get more than me. There's nothing that she fears that I'm going to get more. Why? Because we're joint heirs. We're the same. Listen to me now. Don't get excited and just sit there tonight. You're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You get it all. I don't know about you. That would help me with some of my peace tomorrow. To realize this, you know what? No matter what we got here, we're going to have better one day. We can endure tomorrow. Why? Because we have eternal peace. See, God gives peace that's not just temporary. Oh, I can go on all these walks. And by the way, I think walking at times is peaceful. (laughs) But it ain't going to last. I mean, I don't know, you know, except Forrest Gump, amen. I mean, he did it for what, three years? But I ain't never seen anybody else run that long or walk that far. Why ain't nobody? That's not attainable. Well, I'm going to be at peace as long as I walk. Well, how about we say this? I'm going to be at peace just as long as I keep looking to my Father. That can happen every minute, every day. And here's what's crazy. It's forever. So Jesus offers peace because of our relationship. And then I got to hurry. Jesus offers peace. Now, I need to stop right there because I need to preach on this next week. How many of y'all glad God gives peace? And listen, it's not temporary. It's eternal. And I don't know about you, but just knowing that he's given a solution, we don't have to sit and worry and have guilt over our lives. Now, by the way, I know we do it, but we shouldn't. 
We ought to claim the promises of God. That doesn't mean we're haughty. I struggle with that. I struggle with it. I feel so low down and shameful sometimes. I'm even, I'm, and I should because the Bible tells me to come boldly to the throne of grace. But I know who I am. I know who I am. But God says to me, Mark, I want you to come boldly to me. But see, if, if we're shameful, now again, we don't want to be haughty. We don't want to be arrogant. I think there's a balance there. But I'm just saying, we don't have to be not at peace because of the guilt. That's why Jesus came. He paid for your sin. Everything that makes you shudder and shameful, listen to me, he took care of it. He took care of it. Now, I don't understand it all. I still struggle with some of my past, as you do, but we shouldn't. Why? Because God wants us. He says, look, here on earth, I've given you peace. I've given you the solution not to live in guilt. I've given you promise after promise after promise that I have saved you, I have forgiven you, I have reconciled you, I have done everything for you, for you to serve and to work and to be my child. That's beautiful. I'll never forget what Larry Sexton said that day. Edward the prayer breakfast, he said, it's just hard to forgive ourselves. But I'm telling you, you need to not, it's bigger than just forgiving yourself. You need to trust the Lord. What did he say? He said, I've forgiven you. So if God's forgiven you, you need to forgive yourself and be at peace to know that Jesus paid for your sin. He's given the solution over guilt. And then he's given a solution over our struggles and our position because here's what he tells us. He said, you're a joint heir with me. When you get saved, you become my child, Mark. You have all of my benefits. You have access to everything that I have. And look, that's why we shouldn't be walking around worrying all the time. Because we have a God that's more powerful than the president. And if I can go and, and have every resource of my Father here on earth, I have all the resources of my Father in heaven, it ought to give us peace. Do you all understand? That's the peace that he gives. And that's all possible because Jesus Christ came to this earth which we're celebrating this month and gave us a true gift. And it's not something that's temporary. It's not something that we have to walk. And by the way, I'm not against you walking. I'll go a little step farther. I don't like walking. I like walking to get to my tree stand because the tree stand is where I get peace. I don't really like the walk, and I like the tree stand. But for y'all, it could be walking. But here's the thing. The moment I get out of that tree stand, and I'm no longer thinking like a deer, and by the way, I ain't been thinking like one very good. Can I get a witness right here? My wife's been praying every day, Dear Jesus, please let my husband kill a buck so our life can get back to normal. I second that. But listen. You said, Pastor Martin, you get peace while you're in a tree stand? Yeah, man, I love it. I, I don't think about anything. And I can honestly tell you that. I just, it's like turning the shoop, switch. But I'm telling y'all, as soon as I get, as soon as I hit that car, and normally as soon as I hit that truck, the reason is I put up my phone and there's a text there. Or I missed a call, and here they come. 
So if all I've got is peace while I'm in a tree stand, I've been shortchanged. No, God gives, listen to me, eternal peace when we look to him. And these are two solutions. My guilt shouldn't be struggling with it. I should have peace because why? He's given a solution for that. That's why he died. Then my position here on this earth, struggling with things that I can't control, <laughs> I have a position. I'm a child of the king. That, that gives me peace. And by the way, that's forever. So let's claim this gift tonight, peace. Amen. He is the prince of peace. Are you trusting the prince of peace tonight? Do you know the prince of peace tonight? If not, why not? You can trust him tonight. By the way, how many of y'all are glad today you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Not a day like it, is there? I thank God we have the Prince of Peace. Let's stand to our feet. We'll dismiss in prayer. <coughs> peace is not the absence of problems because we'll never get it. We'll never get it. I hear people say all the time, well, I'll tell you what, once this happens, once this passes, we'll be... No, because sadly something else. No, peace is in the midst. And the Lord Jesus is peace. He's given us the solution for our problems. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. I pray you'll help take this truth tonight, penetrate our hearts. Lord, I pray you'll just help us to claim these promises. Lord, you desire for us to have peace. You, it's available to us. So I pray that you'll take full advantage of it. Again, we'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' precious name and all God's people said. Amen. If you're visiting with us tonight, so glad that you're here. Please come back. Make sure our folks greet some folks here tonight. God bless you.